welcome. You're listening to a sermon podcast from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. Well, if you would stand for a scripture reading. Today it comes from the book of Acts. We're in this series, Tell the Story. The idea of these different practices where we tell the story of God to each other. And today's practice is this idea of praying together. And it's Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 23 to 31. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Just real quickly, and then I'm going to bring Scott Schaefer up here. But as I mentioned, we're in this series called Tell the Story, looking at these different practices we engage in as a church family that convey and tell and demonstrate the story of God's healing and redemptive power to each other. And so far, we've talked about worship as a practice that we engage in together that tells the story, baptism. We talked about it, and then we had our annual baptism. Conversation, Dave talked about last week, and today we're talking about prayer. And in particular, praying together with others. How the story of God is shared and conveyed when we pray together with other people. Now, as soon as the idea of prayer gets mentioned, whether it's on an individual level, but even more so on a communal level, for some people, that idea of praying with others is weird or confusing, or embarrassing, or too vulnerable, or what's the point, or a million other inhibitors and defenses that start creeping up when it comes to praying together with other people. So we're going to talk a bit about that today, but I will tell you every now and then in attempting to give wise and humble leadership to the church, I and those of us who are seeking to do that will do what we sometimes refer to as put our finger in the wind. Where's the wind blowing? What's stirring? What's God doing? Where does it seem like things are heading? And when, when we do that, when I've done that over the last year and a half or so, one of the things that keeps coming up is it seems as though one of the finger in the wind things is Uh, growing in our communal prayer life, that we continue to learn how to grow in our praying together, both in here and outside of here. What does that look like? Why is that important? How do we do that? But that's where one of the places where we sense God is up to something, continuing to teach us how do we pray together, what happens when we pray together, what's going on when we pray together, 
and a bunch of other things. So one of our leaders in this whole prayer effort is uh, one of our elders, Scott Schaefer. So Scott, if you would come, and he and I are going to talk about some of the things that we've been learning, some of the questions that come up when this topic comes up. And Scott, let's just start with what we started the service with, which was this gathering up front here around the table and this prayer time with this group of people. What kind of prayer is that? How would you describe that in terms of the type of communal praying that is? Yeah, so in, in pre-service prayer, there's, there's, as you know, there's all kinds of prayer. There's thanksgiving, there's praise, solitude and silence, listening prayer, healing prayer, supplication, you know, many, many more. What we do in pre-service prayer tends to be a couple things. It's praise, you heard that first. And praise is nothing other than orienting ourselves to reality. That's why we do that. So that there's praise first. Uh, the rest is mostly supplication, which is asking God to do some work or affect something. Uh, and sometimes we'll um, sprinkle in intercession. Someone will bring up a very particular need, and then that's, that's intercession, asking for God's help on that particular thing. So let me back up. This isn't on our sheet, so we're 12 seconds into it, and here comes the And you're already ball. changing. Right. Great. <laughs> uh, but talk up for a minute about why this and how this became so important to you, this idea of uh, praying together and praying in a particular way. How did that grab you, and why is this so important to you? I was going to mention this later. Um, just, Are you no, telling no, me I'm, to no, get not, over That's it? not a critique oh, okay. of, yeah. of it doesn't sound like off it. script, but... Uh, and I just, I'm just going to be really blunt. Um, I went to a prayer uh, training down in San Diego given by a certain organization because I'd read this guy's book. And in the book, you guys have heard me say this before. He said, nobody wants to come to your prayer meeting because they've been to one. And I thought, these are my people. Whatever this guy <laughs> says from here, he's got me, right? And they, they laid out, uh, they demystified prayer. And it was so simple, so straightforward. I just... That had not been my experience in the evangelical culture. So that kind of got a ball rolling. Other people got involved. Um, and I would say, you know, when you said about finger in the wind, I'd say, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm confident. I've watched it. Over the last two years, our understanding and practice in prayer as a church is very different than what it was yes. before that. Yeah, very much so. So this question, praying together. Some people might be thinking, yeah, okay, I do that on my own in my mm -hmm. car, before work, whatever, at work. I do that up by myself. Why pray together? Um, there's there's so two questions in there. Why pray and then why pray together, okay. right? So quickly on why pray. If it, God, what God has done in our world is he want, what he wants to do, and this is, the theme of scripture, he wants to partner with human beings. You see it in Genesis 1, you see it in Revelation 21, you see it throughout scripture. He is looking to partner with human beings, to co-reign, to co-rule, to run the earth for the benefit of humans. So it's not surprising that he gives us certain powers to do that. One of those powers, and, and I would argue maybe the most profound power, is our power in prayer. When we pray... In Jesus' name, and that mean, what that means is, it's not an incantation when you say in Jesus' name. To pray in Jesus' name means to pray in alignment with his character and his motivation and who he is and what he's doing. When we pray in alignment with Jesus, 
the universe changes every single time. So there's more to that, um, how that works. Sean and I, Sean Young and I just uh, taught a class a couple months ago on that uh, and would love for you guys to come to that class and hear more about it. But you have, if, you, if that sounds new to you, you have a ton of power at your fingertips. It's not unusual, um, but it's yours to exercise or not. So, that, so that's why we pray. Why we pray together is um, a couple of reasons. So everybody, when we come together, everybody brings the Holy Spirit with them. If you're a Christ follower, the Spirit lives within you. And he's not sitting in a lawn chair. He's in your heart. He's in your soul. He's active. You can ignore him. You can shut out his voice. But he's not going away, and he's, he's not passive. So we're bringing people together that have the, have the Holy Spirit in them. Also, Jesus pointed out that when we gather in Jesus' name in alignment with what he's doing, the Spirit is particularly active and present. So you've got that going on. And then the the third thing is when you have multiple, I I call it multiple heads in the room, things go better and you can do things you can't do on your own. So, you know, forget prayer for a second. In normal life, if you're trying to create something, trying to solve a problem, trying to get something done, trying to unstick something, whatever. If I'm doing that by myself, I've got my own resources. If there's four other people with me, now I've got five heads. It's way better than mine. I've got five different life experiences. I've got five different orientations to the world and to that particular problem. So when, it, when we do that in prayer, it is incredibly powerful. And you actually... You actually watch the spirit use that, which you know we can talk about more. Later. So, uh, staying in this particular part of the conversation, you talk about uh, prayer has the power to change things, and we can affect things. Yeah. Distinguish between changing things and controlling things. Yeah. So, if you think about again, just look at your normal life. Uh, you have con- complete control of very, very few things but you have a ton of influence. Um, An example would be, think of a relationship with a child, think of a relationship with a coworker, think of a relationship with a friend who you've been walking through over time. You don't control those people, but the ways that you influence them has, can have, and often does have a huge impact. So you have, this is a, 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 form of you having say-so in the universe. You don't control it, but you absolutely have influence over it. Sometimes that influence is small. Um, that doesn't make it inconsequential. Sometimes that influence is huge. So think of a parent and a child. The parent's influence over a child is one of the fundamental things in that child's formation as a human being. So we're already all doing all this, exercising influence for good or ill all day long. In prayer, it's just magnified. Um, and it goes back to what I said, when you say a prayer in Jesus' name, something in the universe changes. Doesn't mean you change it completely, doesn't mean it's going where you want it to go, but you are participating in what God is doing in that part of the universe. Let me throw something out that has been helpful to me as, it, as we've been experimenting with this, both in our uh, community prayer, twice a month community prayer time, as well as in the pre-service prayer. And this is just really more personally, this isn't me the leader, this is me the Christ follower. When we stand in this circle and pray and we are asking God to do something in this room, and just so you're aware, we're not asking God, as you heard, 
to just make the little thing we're going to do from the stage nice and smooth. That's not what we're praying. We're praying that this gathering would be an encounter with God, that you would come and be a minister and be a pastor to others who are here, and that there would be a sense of God's spirit in our midst. I'll just tell you personally, when we do that, that alters my experience in this gathering almost every single time. I'll also say that some of the community prayer times we've had over the last couple of years, which happen on second and fourth Thursday, we're going to talk about this later, but when I've been in those prayer times as Mike the Christ follower, I have walked away from some of those and they've been the most meaningful gathering of the week for me where I have sensed real work being done for the kingdom far beyond all the things that I'm running around attempting to do, I've come away refreshed, renewed, encouraged with a sense of this is what we're supposed to be doing. Last thing I'll say about praying together. That passage we read at the beginning talks about shame. If you've been here any length of time, you've heard me talk about shame a lot. I know because I have some awareness of the human condition that that is not a, just a you know, one-off where yeah, a few of us have to deal with shame, but everybody else is just smoothing ahead. It's not like that. Mm. This battle with shame is a real thing. When you come together and pray together and you're feeling certain things, there are other voices there, his multiple heads thing, who are offering prayers that I might not be able to offer because I'm stuck, for example, in shame. So they're praying, in this case, Renee was praying about shame, and she's giving words to things that I experience that I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily able to access. And so now we're, we're caring for each other. It's not unlike, I can go and take my quantum physics book and hold up in a cubicle by myself and just pour over it, or I can get in a study group. Multiple voices, multiple inputs, multiple people, and there's something that happens there. So prayer changes the universe, Scott. Can you be specific as to how? when you use that phrase, how, what are some of the ways that it changes things? Yeah, so we are, um, in prayer, we are engaging in real creation and real renewal. And that sounds like things God does. Yes, he does. And, but he, you know, I think I, I mentioned earlier, most of what he does on the earth, when I talk about partnership, the, the vast, God can do whatever he wants, when he wants, how he wants. But he has chosen to mostly work through his people. That's because he created us to be his partners. So um, then it makes sense that if we're partnered with him, we're doing his work. So that, that can be real creation and real renewal. So let me, let me go back on, as an example, the thing about shame. Uh, if I've got a friend I'm walking with who is struggling with shame, there are entities in the universe that love that struggle and are working against my friend. There are entities in the universe that understand that struggle is death and want it, want, want it healed. I'm one of those entities. I can be one of those entities. So how that struggle works out, and again, you know, in, our, in our classes on prayer and how pr prayer works, we go into this in much more detail, but I'm one of the agents, and I guess that's the best way to, to describe what we're inviting people to. You are, by design, an agent in the universe with power. So if I'm praying for my friend and his or her struggle with shame, I know that I'm somehow in a way I don't get to see, I know from scripture, I'm pushing that ball in the right direction. 
I know that God is pushing that ball in the right direction. There are, but there are multiple things and variables and personalities involved that are in a battle. They're in a battle for my friend's soul. They're in a battle if, if my friend's a Christ follower. Uh, her soul, her, his or her soul is safe, but the, their, their effectiveness in their life and their joy is diminished. There's just, and, you know, our enemy's happy with that too. So that's why I'm, I'm able to change the universe. And I, again, you don't get to know at least not now and maybe not ever. You don't get to know exactly how it all goes out, but it's clear that you are exercising power and fighting the fight for that person. Yeah, those are good words. So go back to this series we're in, Tell the Story. Acts chapter 2, we looked at a couple of weeks ago. I believe it's verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's a reason for that. Hopefully we're scratching a little bit at the reason. In Acts chapter 4, the passage I read today, Peter and John got themselves in trouble because they healed a guy who had been paralyzed his entire life, and he got the attention of the religious power brokers. They didn't like the threat to their kingdom, but they couldn't explain it because God had done something. They go back and gather with the church, and what the church does immediately is praise. They pray together. They thank God together. And what we're told at the end of that is the Holy Spirit was in that room and the place was shaking with his presence. In John chapter, or James chapter 5, verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So in some ways, what Scott's talking about is elaborating on powerful in what way? Effective in what way? We could go on and on with this. In John chapter 14, this is one of the places where Jesus makes these statements that many of us have said, I have no idea what he's talking about. But one of his statements there is, I will do, and he's talking about gathering with others. When you gather with others in my name, I'm there with you. And then he says in John 14, 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Not just say in Jesus' name at the end and then you get the Ferrari, but... If you, if you ask around the character and will of Jesus, I will do it. So powerful stuff that's happening here. So Scott, let's go on. How is the Spirit involved in all these things? How does the Holy Spirit operate in this to the extent that you can say? Yeah. The, well, the biggest, I would say the biggest way, well, I talked about, you know, we bring the Spirit and, he's, and, and as Mike just said in that verse, he's present when we're, when we're together. But the biggest thing is, uh, having the spirit point out something to you through somebody else. So an example would be, and I'm making this up, but it's, it's typical. It's funny because my, my example has to do with children's ministry, which we just talked about. Say that we see either a big opportunity or a big issue or problem within our children's ministry, and we want to we work on that. And, you know, staff's working on it, leadership is working on it, and obviously... We want to pray about it. So we come together and somebody puts it on the table. It's like, okay, let's pray about it. Uh, let's pray about an opportunity in children's ministry. Once you say that, I've already thought up three solutions. It's like, yeah, great. I got some stuff I want to ask God for. And I'm basically thinking of my own great ideas, right? Which is fine. Um, but then maybe Renee or Selena or Sean or somebody, they pray about an approach to the problem that I had never ever thought about. What just happened is they just reoriented my understanding of that problem. 
Um, they've just expanded my imaginary about a very particular issue that's important to the church or me or whoever, right? And could, you could say, well, that was just Renee or that was Sean or that was Selena. Is it or is that the Holy Spirit speaking to them? That, ha- that dynamic happens in almost every prayer encounter, prayer experience. And when that's happening, you know, in the group, and that's the norm, that's when this stuff takes off. That's when you start to think, wow, uh, is Jesus King? Yes. Do I care about what he's doing? Yes. Do I want to be involved? Yes. That's where power starts to flow. So I'm going to show up. I'm going to be, I want, it motivates me to be there. So as it relates to that, we, we did this earlier, and this is one of the things that has become characteristic of our community prayer times, whether they be on Thursdays or when we do this pre-service thing. What is the importance or the purpose of this phrase you've used, God starting the conversation? Oh, yeah. Um, the, what's a Jesus example? Um, can I talk about why, talk about it as an inhibitor of yes, prayer? Yes, please do. So, well, so inhibit, there's, there's a few inhibitors to prayer, and this, this gets out a, a big one. Uh, the first one we've already talked about, it's not really understanding how prayer works. That was me for many, many years. It just wasn't that motivating. I didn't get what was going on. You know, why does God need to hear from me? I, that, you know, that we already talked about that. The second one, the second inhibitor is just prayer meetings are goofy. And what I mean by that is, that, you already know. <laughs> so, say John, John we, we have a prayer meeting. Here's a typical goofy one. And I'm not trying to denigrate anybody or any prayer meeting, but... Uh, I, I sat through a bunch of these, right? Somebody, okay, we're in a prayer meeting. Okay, guys, let's get started. Who has a prayer request? And John Doe says, well, um, I'd like us to pray for Grandma's Bunions. That's my favorite example. Um, it's like, okay. Or John says, uh, I have a prayer request, and he spends 20 minutes explaining the issue in great detail. Way too much detail, right? Or if it's a bonus round, he does both. He brings up Grandma's bunions, <laughs> and he's off to the races. Bonus round. Yeah, that's so, good. <laughs> now, if 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 you and about fourteen people in here today have bunions, now that's not a word of prophecy. That's just statistics, right? <laughs> but if you've got if you have bunions, it's not fun. It's a part of the dysfunction of the universe, right? They're inconvenient, or they hurt, or you can't wear your shoes. If you come up to me and say, hey, Scott, would you pray for healing for my bunions? I'm I'm all about it, right? That's a real issue. Let us pray. But the, the thing about a, a prayer gathering, it's not that we don't care about somebody's bunions. It's that we have more important priorities to deal with. So that's why, we, frankly, we don't generally, not, I don't want to say universally, we don't really want to hear about the bunions in a prayer meeting. Now, there, I can make up an example where we do, but mostly we don't. So how do we avoid that kind of stuff? How do we avoid the run-on stories at the beginning? You know, a prayer request that takes 20 minutes. A key thing is let God start the conversation. And by, and by that we mean, it's what we did at the beginning. It, whoever starts the conversation in any group dynamic generally has the biggest influence on how it goes, right? So we let Scott, we let Scott start the conversation. <laughs> wow, a little Freudian slip there. I, I, I have a prayer request. Uh-huh. Um, Do you have bunions? <laughs> no. We let God start the conversation by letting him speak. Right? So, and the way we do that is scripture. So we read a scripture and then speak back to him specifically about what he said. 
Now, it's what he said about himself or his actions, so it is praise and thanksgiving. But that's why we start that way. It, it, it aligns everybody in the right direction. Um, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen a prayer meeting go south if we start that way. So think about this, Jesus, John chapter 6, disciples say, teach us how to pray, us how to pray, us community how to pray. And he says, here's how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop. What is that? That is, let God start the conversation. God, you're the king, your agenda, your will, your kingdom come. So we're starting by orienting toward his reality. Then, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, etc. But we're starting, same thing. God, let's, you start the conversation with, you're great, you're majestic, you're God, I'm not. Now, in light of that, we go to the next thing. So this has been a powerful, hmm. transforming aspect of our community prayer times. What we did here is what we do in our elder hmm. board meetings. It's what we do in our community prayer times. Start with some scripture, react to it, and then pray what's in it into various situations. So, go ahead. And can I add the, yeah. the, the third inhibitor? Because it's really important. Yep. The, the third inhibitor that I, I see and has been part of my own experience is people many times feel like, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I don't want to show up to a prayer meeting. I don't know what to say. I'm going to sound weird. Um, I, it's awkward for me. The, there's a couple of things about that. One is you don't have to say anything. You'll notice there were people this morning in pre-service prayer that didn't pray out loud. That's very, very typical. Sometimes I don't pray out loud. You, you can be praying without words coming out of your mouth. If you start from zero, I'm, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to trust God's actually doing something. I'll pray silently. We'll just see what happens. You'll just start to, to get the hang of it and I don't mean so that you can pray out loud, because that's not better. But in the sense of, oh, okay, this isn't that weird. These dynamics aren't that complicated. I'm starting to get it. You'll pray out loud. You'll know when that you're ready. Like, that doesn't even really make sense. But you'll know when to pray out loud. And in the meantime, you'll be doing real work with other people. The, uh, the, the only way to fail at prayer, I'm paraphrasing Ruth Haley Barton, the only way to, to fail at prayer is to not show up. That's really the only way to fail. So. so last question. We have opportunities here mm -hmm. in our church family right now, and there'll be some in the future. But talk about what's going on if people wanted to step into this, how they could do that. Yeah, there, there are a number of ways. Um, uh, and one of them is super, super easy, and you may not be aware of it. Uh, one is pre-service prayer. You know, you saw what it was like. Um, because you are agents with power in the universe, the more people at pre-service prayer, the more kingdom work that is accomplished. And that's not to guilt anybody into showing up. Not everybody's called to it, but you show up. You just added to the, to the team of people that are doing real work, uh, and you're praying things nobody else can pray, whether it's out loud or not. So pre-service prayer is a big deal, and it's 15 minutes. It's, it's, it's extremely straightforward. Uh, the second is community prayer. Let me say, so uh, what that means is you show up some time, either purposefully or not, and you see this happening here. This isn't an elite group. They don't have a secret badge. You're welcome to come walk right up and join what we're doing there. We're, we're encouraging you to walk right up. Yep. A space will open. You can stand there. 
silently or join in, and that can start as soon as next week. Absolutely, and people do walk up, they right? Do. We start at 8.45, yep. but people walk up all the time. Um, and the, when you said it's not a, some special group, the point is you. That group is you. You may not be participating, but it's just, it's just the use of, of our church. So pre-service prayer, community prayer twice a month. It's on the second and the fourth Thursdays at 6.30 um, in B2, the conference room. We have community prayer. It's an hour long, always stop right at the hour. You know, we always stop right on time. But it's got a very similar structure. It's just got more time to do, especially more intercession of things that are important to the family. So, and you, and I don't want to discourage anybody. You absolutely can show up to community prayer with your issue, right? That's why we're there. Um, but we start by letting God start the conversation. It looks really similar. Uh, third thing is prayer as normal interaction. So when, you know, for most of us, we come here, we either know people or get to know people, and we have interactions before the service, after the service. Um, it's extremely easy when you're talking to somebody about what's going on in their life to give them a very simple prayer of blessing. It's, you know, if you talk to me, do, do it today, try it today, tell me what's going on in your life. And I may say, hey, could I just, you know, give you a quick prayer of blessing? It's just a hand on the shoulder, and I ask God to bless what he's doing in that person. So that's actually an incredibly potent form of prayer where we are going to explore as a church how, how can we do blessing prayer more commonly with each other? But you can do that today. It's very, very easy um, just to do that. And that's available at all times. Um, and the last thing is various classes on prayer. I said, you know, Sean and I had just finished this class. We've taught classes on solitude and silence, on listening prayer, um, on blessing prayer. And, you know, we mentioned there's all kinds of of prayers. So we'll be teaching more classes on prayers. Mike said, we, we feel that this is a direction we are being moved in by the Holy Spirit. So come, come to the classes. Um, they're fantastic. They're fantastic because it's Sean, not me, but come to, to a prayer class and learn something about, uh, you know, interacting in the kingdom in some ways you may not be familiar with. The beauty of all this, and you've heard us say this a million times, but the beauty of all this is continuing to move away from church as something to watch, a performance to see, or what we used a couple of weeks ago, church as you're here as the audience, getting away from that and thinking of our gatherings, whether they're in a home or here or Thursday night prayer time, whatever it is, as an experience of the Holy Spirit together and what he does in that. It's a fun journey to be on, and we're going to continue to walk forward. Would you pray with me, please? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're grateful for the work you're doing. We're grateful for the ways in which you are actually concretely at work in the lives of our people, ourselves, the transforming work within, the bringing things into the light that you then gently go about transforming. Thank you uh, for Stacy being our teacher today our example today of allowing you in. And we continue to want to be a church that is humble and hungry and before you with our eyes up on you and this sense of experiencing you in the depths of our being and through our relationships with one another. So continue to form us as a people, connecting us 
through your spirit that we might embody and demonstrate how good you are in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.